from CSG Studios, high above the streets of beautiful Denver, Colorado. You're listening to the Colorado Sports Guys. They talk about sports and stuff. And now your hosts, Jeff Morton, Ross Martin, and Nate Timmons. What's up, everybody out there in Tangled in the Interweb CSG podcast is back. Ross Hipster's glasses. Martin is out on assignment. We sent him to Omaha to try to find the Nuggets training camp. But making his way all the way down here from Thornton, we got the king himself, Jeff Morton. What's up, everybody? Uh, Nate, how you doing, man? It's uh, been a while. Uh, uh, every everywhere I go, people ask me, "Where's Nate?" Tell so, him I got hit by a bus. <laughs> um, we're not using headphones tonight. It's a little strange. It is no headphones. It is feels less professional. It's, but. but it's fine. It's fine. The, the important thing is you'll be able to hear us. Yeah, and of, of course you're asking, uh, people are asking where I was because, of course, the Nuggets had media day. It's mm-hmm. the first media day I've missed since the 57-win season. It's amazing, with, isn't with it? George Carl and company. So. When you think about that, is it's pretty amazing when you went to, like, was that four years in a row, five years in a row? Yeah. I mean, I'm sure Dempsey's been a shit ton more than I have. But. I don't know. He came. I think he came on when you came on, right? Because Hawkman, yeah, was but he was—he'd yeah. he, come do like spot NBA coverage to help yeah, Hawkman yeah, out here and true. there. You know, I mean, he's a—he's an old pro. He's been doing this stuff since college. college. He's like sixty anyway. That's maybe. true. That's true. Um, I, I wish because he's only three years older than me. Which no, yeah, and I'm sure we're gonna have Dempsey on at some point. He's—he's uh, he's married. He has a kid now. He has I mean, a kid. Dempsey's yeah. all grown up. He is. He is all grown up. And it's a—it's amazing. Well, every all uh, uh, Matt Moore has two kids. He just had another one. So it's it. Everyone we know has children. I think except it, Adam. Mata except for Jake Feinstein. Except for Jake Feinstein, yes. Which uh, you know. So the, everybody's back though. Media day is there. Is there new media faces? Is there new media members? Um. Yeah. There is a. Uh, Thank you. There was actually a couple. There was a guy from the fan I'd never seen before. Um, Matt Smith was bad. I hadn't seen him. I hadn't seen him la- at all last year. Oh, Matt Smith, see you, Matt. Yeah. Yeah, he's back. TJ McBride with BSN is in the house. TJ was there. I saw Zach, is it Mikash? Yeah, Zach Mikash is there. He uh, um, really helped out. He shot all the Denver Stiffs Facebook videos. And there was like 25 million of them. And, and, you know, it's interesting. Uh, I didn't realize the power of of Facebook because uh, there was a lot of views on those things. Really, Facebook, of Facebook Live? Yeah. yeah, it was just and it went viral. Some of them went viral. Gallo's say Gallo's Facebook page uh, shared one of the videos. Am I crazy or does Gallinari look skinnier? He doesn't look like he has as much muscle on him. At least in the pictures, was it just the pictures? I think it was just the pictures because he he looked he looked pretty big to me. He was very tan. I mean, there's there's a there's a man who's been spending enjoying his uh, summer. We were talking before uh, the show about how angles on certain pictures can really make a person look different. Yes, they can. <laughs> I employ those angles all the time. <laughs> Everybody does it. Yeah. Yeah, people who've seen my CSG videos and thank you for watching them. If you have been, I've been doing this new series called CSG: What's Happening, and I've been unfortunate. I, I mean, I have a face for radio, but I've figured out an angle that doesn't make me look horrible. Yeah. But it's like one of those creative angles where it like it doesn't really show the true Jeff, and uh, but it's great, you know, it, it, when you can use those on on vid video, it's amazing. But was old uh, was Vic Lombardi in the house? Vic was not there. No, he wasn't there. Is he still with Altitude? Yeah, he is. <laughs> he was not there. You missed so. Media Day though. Vic was not there. You're you're a pro, Vic. You're uh, a pro. Vic was at ping pong. No, we had that ping pong night. Last the bags week. of bags of fun. Yes. It was really good. Uh, doubled the uh, um, actual donation that we had last year. Oh hell yeah! Yeah, so it was fifteen thousand last year. The Conleys that put that on, right? Yeah, it's uh, uh, Nega is the one who uh, really is the the driving force behind it, and she uh, she really they did a great job, and it's a great event. There's a whole bunch of people there. I mean, well, great. Tip. Ben, ben Tenzer goes back to back ping pong champion. Back to back, and they. May, I was talking to Ben prior to the thing. I'm not exposing any secrets here. He came in with the plaque that he got last year, yeah. and he's like, "No, man, they they made me they made me take it in." And I'm like, "Ben, I bet you I bet you brought this in by yourself, just to remind people that you are the ping pong king in Denver." Oh yeah. So, uh, but yeah, the, the Tenzer was there, but a bunch of Nuggets players, uh, like three or four Broncos players. Brandon Marshall was there. Oh yeah, I love um, Brandon Marshall. For all those people upset with Brandon Marshall, screw yourselves. Kiss. Kiss my rump. Um, and uh, 
Tim Howard was there. Oh, nice. Yeah. Yeah. So it was like very cool. I. It was a great event, but uh, yeah, it's, it's a couple things going on. We'll t- get more into media day later on, but that was um, it was a fun experience. It was it was that ping pong thing was. I encourage everyone next. They're going to do it next year. I encourage everyone to go to it. It's just really, really fun. Does everybody get to bucks. play? Uh, you get to play if you reserve a table and all that stuff. And I, I don't. Because you know. I want to play like Nuggets players if I play, right? Like that's what people would want to. If you're going to play ping pong, like you want to go. Did Les Shapiro play? Didn't he play Les, last year? Uh, uh, Les played last year. He didn't play this year. Oh, he he learned his lesson. That's <laughs> Less, less, less learned. Uh, Nikola Jokic was hopping around playing people. Yeah, he was challenging different people to uh, play ping pong and in his in his in his way. Um, and his brothers were there, and it was it was a fun. Ex- it, it, listen, it, it's extremely extremely fun, and it's and one of the events that I have gone to that I just look forward to. This two years in a row now. It's it's next year's going to be even better, I'm sure. Yeah, and if you're a Nuggets fan, you got to go because it's your opportunity to interact with you know front office, coaching staff, players, all that good stuff. Absolutely, other athletes. So yeah, I like it. That's cool. Um, the Broncos, yes, won a game against the Bungles that yes, did. I did not think they were going to win heading in. I thought that was one of those quote unquote scheduled losses. And I was very interested to see. You know, I was like, they're not going to get calls in Cincinnati, yeah. which I got plenty. They're not going to get turnovers. They got a couple, right? At least. Uh, they had one turnover, right? At least. Uh, yeah. Uh, the offense, they finally throw the ball down the field a little bit. Simeon, I don't think, got any interceptions, but definitely could have thrown at least one, if not two. Uh, he, Simeon did. Uh, yeah, he had a couple tipped balls in the first half on the, on one drive. Oh, he had that one-two yeah. late in the game where he threw it right to a Bengal linebacker or yeah. corner, and he just dropped it. Uh, I, I, I kind of started thinking that Simeon was a backup quarterback inserted into this role because the Broncos are, you know, grooming Paxton Lynch. Yeah. And this game against the Bengals when, you know, he hits Emmanuel Sanders deep, he hits Demarius Thomas deep, it's like, all right, maybe they're, you know, going to start opening up things a little bit, like little by little baby steps for him. And he showed me more in that game than – you know, I, I had seen in the previous two, and obviously that's the way it's probably built, right? Let me ask you a question. And you know, I wish Ross was here for this. Uh, Ross, who's on assignment again, um, and hopefully he's getting us some good uh, video. From, yeah, we sent uh, him up to Omaha to, to yeah, cover this Nuggets <laughs> thing. Hopefully he's um, getting us some some good information. We know Luke there. Binder's up there for BSN, so we got to have Ross yeah. Martin there. For we got to have Ross Martin. So. CSG's got to be represented everywhere. But what is it about the deep ball that is like the confirmation that you have a good quarterback? You have to be able to stretch the defense, in my opinion. I mean, you have to, you know, every, anytime you play the Vikings with Adrian Peterson, it's yep. all about running. Yeah, and stacking the box, right? Get eight guys in the box. I mean, mm-hmm. if you can, if obviously, if you hit a guy, it, it's just like, I mean, I wouldn't have to explain everything NBA wise, but it's like not being able to shoot threes in the NBA. <laughs> you know, you got to shoot some threes. Didn't we used to have a segment on that? You got Nate, it. Nate, Nate relates compares everything, everything to the NBA. basketball, to the Nuggets. Yes, and it's—I mean—I can do it with anything. Um, but I mean, you have to—you have to be able to hit those long balls. You have to stretch the defense, yeah. and you have to just have those abilities to not have to need, you know, seven, eight-minute drives every time you have the ball. You got to be able to score quickly sometimes because you're not always going to be, you know, winning, or you—you you just want to take some pressure off your offense. You know. What was impressive to me? Real. Uh, Real deep dive. There well, no, to no, that, that kind of. I think that's actually it, it. Leads me into what I think was the moment where I think where I changed my mind on Trevor Simeon because I've thrown a lot of snark his way. The 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 Bengals went up seventeen sixteen and went on. A, I think it was a what was it a uh, eight minute drive yeah. and they got three points. The Broncos, in turn, went down the field and actually ate up the same eight minutes. That, to me, was like where I started kind of turning around on Trevor Simeon. It wasn't the deep balls. It was the the response. Converting on third downs, keeping the chains moving. Yeah, that's huge. Those long drives that take up a lot of time can be demoralizing. Oh, big time. For an entire team. And when I saw they went out, it was short pass, short pass, short pass, run, run, short pass. But it was it was effective, and then it ended up with a pass to uh, a, one of the tight ends, Phillips, John yeah. Phillips, 
And it was that right there is where I'm like, oh, okay, maybe there's something to Trevor Simeon. It was really that moment because all the Broncos people that I've been talking to, um, and I believe it or not, I have actually been talking to them. I just never say anything about it. Um, have been telling me by from the, what they've been hearing is it's like, no, he's just the seat warmer for Paxton Lynch. Yeah. And I think that the game against the Bengals was kind of like where everyone in the, even in the organization was like, maybe we can ride with Trevor Simeon a little longer. What concerns me is the defense, believe it or not. And the, the fact that they can, they get run on quite a bit. Yeah, I mean, is it Stephen Hill, Jeremy Hill, Jeremy Hill, right? Jeremy Hill. Yeah. He was he had a field day with Denver at least mm-hmm. on that opening drive and kind of throughout the game. And and Cincinnati was able to yeah. not only the Bengals but even in previous weeks, third down hasn't been like a guaranteed out. Yeah, you know, it, it's teams are actually renewing drives or sustaining drives on third down, and that's where you got to tighten up. But you know, I mean, again. But they do make halftime adjustments. Yeah. They do look like a completely different team at halftime in each of the three games they've played so far. And that's the biggest thing because I, I just always remember with Shanahan, it was like they never adjusted and they got worse in the second half. That's teams very always true. just figured them out. And I kind of worried about that with Kubiak because obviously he spent so much time with Shanahan. Yeah. And I, I don't love Kubiak as a coach. I like the fact that he was the old quarterback here and this and that, but he's just so conservative. You he's know, very conservative. And it's, you know, I. I understand that you don't want to take risks and, you know, give away drives, but at the same time, like, you needed that throw to Emmanuel. You needed that throw to Demarius. You know, you, you have to take chances sometimes, and I like it when he does take chances. Well, coaches coach to their personalities, I think, it's, I, and more in the NFL than any than any other actual league, right? Yeah, probably. Be- because they – I mean, John Fox was conservative and, and, and dopey. And there he yeah. would have dopey moments, you know, like, you know, we have a next man up policy here, you know, that sort of thing. Yeah. John Fox makes a brief appearance on the show again. <laughs> um, but uh, Gary Kubiak, co- I always thought, coached the, off- coached the team like he is a backup quarterback. You so know, he was, screw a, this thing up. he was a career backup quarterback. So the, his goal was to come in and not be a disaster. Yeah. And I think that was... That's exactly what my memory of Gary Kubiak every time. Remember John Elway went out in a game in 1988. Uh, I think he had the flu. He got the flu. They visited the White House, and he got the flu. And Gary Kubiak was came in. that Redskins game? It was a Redskins game. Gary Kubiak this. came in and played dynamite. Was that Monday Night Football? It was Monday Night Football, yeah. And it was 1988 or 89 right around there. And he played extremely well. And... But it was a like it was like a brief moment because every other time that he came in, do you remember the AFC Championship game in 1991 when he came in? No, it was against the Buffalo Bills. John Elway got injured during the game. Oh, really? And the second half, definitely watch that game. Uh, Kubiak led them on a touchdown drive in that game, and that game ended up being 10-7 Buffalo. But anyway, he played the game like a he was a backup. He he coaches like he's a backup quarterback. That's a pretty interesting be, point because you think yeah. like. I wonder if Elway was a head coach, like how much different his play calling would be than Kubiak's. Probably drastically. Well, you, you know could, what I mean? I think you could see it in the quarterbacks, can't you? Because Paxton Lynch is such a John Elway. I mean, you, Kubiak guy. He, he looks like a, a John Elway guy. Trevor Simeon is very Gary Kubiak to me. Oh, yeah, yeah. Very yeah. safe. Lynch, Elway, yeah. Simeon, Kubiak, definitely. I mean, I, that, that's, I mean, Kubiak looks at Simeon and thinks, that's a guy who's like me. You know, yeah. um, basically Kyle Orton. Who do Broncos play this weekend? Uh, who do they play this weekend? Uh, Tampa Bay. And In your Tampa, and your boy, right? uh, Muscle Hamster. The Muscle Hamster, Jameis Winston as well. Yeah. Skinny Jameis. Uh, that that they're an up and down team. But Are they in Tampa? Uh, yeah, it's in Tampa. Yeah, that makes. Do sense. you remember when we used to do Gamblers on the Storm? Yeah. <laughs> Back in the day. Ross would get so upset with Tampa Bay. It's not a bay. It's not a bay. It's Tampa. No one names anything after a body of water. Uh, Yeah, that's crazy, man. I guess we could transition. I mean, Broncos, yeah, do your thing. 3-0. Is there there a 
how dissimilar is this comparison? Trevor Simeon, Paxton Lynch, Emmanuel Moutier, Jamal Murray. Mm. There's a little something to that, right? That's interesting. Because I, I, at some point, the Broncos are going to have to decide. Maybe even you look at it that way, Jokic and Nurkic and Simeon and Lynch. You know, I mean, there's going to have to be decisions made at all these places. Wancho and Fareed. But, but, you know, we're, we're going to get into a, a preview when we have a couple, couple reporters on before the regular season starts. But let me ask you a question. When you look at uh, Jamal Murray... Do you see a guy who can play point, or do you see a guy who is a destined to be a two? 100% shooting guard. And you That's can have look him, at him handle too. the ball, but yeah, dude's not a point guard. Did, you know, when you watch Summer League, it wasn't, a, it wasn't like Jamal Murray was exemplary handling the ball any more than Emmanuel Moutier, who still had a, even in Summer League, had a bunch of turnovers. I mean, that was the question, though, too, where people were saying, Kent, at some point, can Gary Harris play some point guard, right? Remember that question in mm-hmm, Gary's mm-hmm. rookie year? And every time Gary got the ball, what did he look to do? Pass. Pass or shoot. Yeah. I mean, he quick decisions. And more often to me, he was looking to see if he could shoot the ball. Yeah. You know? And to me, that's where Murray is, too. He's like, first instinct is score. And to me, that has always said shooting guard. Uh, even even with a guy like Allen Iverson, I mean, he was a, a shooting guard and a point guard body, right? Yeah. So to me, Murray, I mean, that's where he's all, obviously, I, I think, going to make his mark in the NBA is off the ball, but that doesn't mean he can't play with Moutier, and you know, that doesn't mean he can't run some second unit point guard duty as well. But well, it's very interesting because again, why the hell is Jameer Nelson on this team? The way the Nuggets drafted last year was really interesting, and we have talked about this several times on the podcast. But they have a bunch of guys that are either two, one, two, or, th- or th- th- swing guards, basically. They're like one, twos, and fours. Yeah. <laughs> and I can see an issue if they intend on keeping traditional spots. I can see an issue if they're going to have Jamal Murray and Gary Harris because Gary Harris was drafted. I mean, we're going to have to point this out. Gary Harris really, really excelled last year he did a great job and he michael malone loves him and there's a lot of people in town that just kind of dismiss gary harris yeah and even even guys i mean i I was doing interviews radio interviews where guys were just saying oh he can't shoot and this and that it's like have you seen his numbers Mm -hmm. he can shoot you know he can play he's a one of the i think he's probably an elite shooting guard defender already at this point in the nba i mean if you named like the 10 best shooting guard defenders, I think Gary Harris probably makes that list. I am really curious to see how this shakes out because Jamal Murray ain't no backup. No, he can't be. Not when you're drafted seven. Not when you're drafted seven. And But neither is Emmanuel Moutier. No, he was drafted seven. He was drafted seven. So what are the Nuggets going to do? And, and that, that's what I'm actually really curious to see this year. More than anything else, because the rest of the roster is, you know, I mean, other than the four spot, and we'll get into that. But the two spot is like, what are you going to do? You got Will Barton, who basically is a two, you know? Yeah, he's definitely a two. You know, nine times out of ten, you're going to be... We talk about positionless basketball, but by and large, you still have positions. You start at a spot. And that's where you make your bones, is that if you're a starter, it's a different classification than if you come off the bench. And when you start, there's point guard, shooting guard, small forward, power forward, center. Up and down the roster. Unless you're starting Kevin Willis at center, you know. Man, I'm going way back for that one. But uh, former Nuggets, Kevin nugget. Willis. <laughs> wants a nugget. <laughs> but... You know, you, you, you got those things. So it's like, as much as we say positions basketball, you start in positions. And Especially that's where like you on make the your defensive bones. side, you know? Because yeah. you have to be able to defend whoever you're lined up against. And oftentimes, I mean, obviously, if, if Will Barton's at the three and you're playing Cleveland and he's matched up on LeBron James, you're in for a long night. Absolutely. You know what I mean? So, I mean, there's, I, I think for me, like those positions mean something more so on the defensive end, obviously, 
than they do uh, on the offensive end. Offensive end is whatever. I mean, you, you, different teams run different things, and you're completely right on the defensive end. And that actually leads me to another subject. And I, I Michael Malone was asked at the press conference um, regarding media day, and there was Josh Kroenke, Michael Malone, and Tim Kroenke. Tim Kroenke. Tim Kroenke. Tim Kroenke. <laughs> um, Tim Conley up there. Boy, he's Tim's going to listen to this. Like, what did you call me? Um, and someone asked him about. Oh, I think it was Matt Moore. Asked him, "Do you have a starting power forward?" Asked Malone this question. Yes. Yeah. And he said, "Yes." It's you the guy t- we've been trying to trade for two years. <laughs> says, "Are you going to tell me? <laughs> you going to tell me who it is?" No. And it was kind of like, and he just boom done. Of course, it's Fareed, right? has to be there's nothing that happened that would lead me to believe that he can be replaced at this point in time by anybody on that roster including Darrell Arthur I mean unless they are absolutely convinced that the Jerkic lineup is going to work yeah and I'd say that's a no I mean obviously I think you start Jokic and you bring Nurkic off the bench until he proves otherwise it's interesting they do and uh, I was listening watching some reports uh, come in from Omaha Hey, quickly, did JaVale McGee sign with the Warriors? Yeah. God, okay. <laughs> Sorry, it just popped into my head. I was thinking, like, well, the Nuggets don't have that many centers. Remember when they had a bunch? What happened to all those guys? What happened to JaVale? Oh, his ass signed with the Warriors. Mozgov's like, in talk LA about now, too. <laughs> I like Mozgov. That's the only Laker I'll probably Muzzy. ever root for. Love Mozzie. Um, listen, I, I there was some interesting. I, I was talking to, uh, excuse me, blah, 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 rewind. I was actually looking at some reports coming out from Chris Dempsey today, who was in Omaha, and he was talking about the chip on uh, Nurkic's shoulder to, to, to prove a lot of people and wrong. He, yeah, he posted a picture the other day and had a hashtag of, like, prove them wrong or yeah. prove the doubters wrong, something like that. You know, and that's someone that could be aimed at Adam Ares. I don't know. I'm just pointing that out. So that could be. <laughs> Um, but there is a, there's an, I, what the feeling that I got from media day was there was a lot of talk of Nurkic and Jokic together. Still. Still. <laughs> Mullen's like, damn it. Thought I got, there was a talk I escaped of all this using talk. Memphis as a guideline. Because they won a title. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, they I mean, dominated. <laughs> They're number one seed in the West. I mean, Matt Moore could be listening to this and shaking his fist violently at whatever device he's listening to this on. But it, it there was that moment. We're, we're aiming low. We're going to aim for the Memphis Grizzlies. We want to make it to the second round. Hopefully, maybe the Western Conference, but not further than that. We're going for the Grizzlies' plan of attack here. <laughs> Nate Timmons said that's not me. Um, <laughs> Uh, and there was a lot of talk of that in the press conference in which people uh, were asking that question. Um, or Malone brought that up on his own. Malone he's brought been bringing that up on, his, up on he, his own for a while. Malone brought it up essentially on his own. I forget the question that prompted it. But you it, can listen to the entire press conference on CSG video, by the way. I got it posted. Go to the Colorado Sports Guys website. It's there. So has he been saying that he they want to look at that lineup? They want to see Nurkic and Jokic? Or he wants to play them together, he, or is he backing away from it? There was still? a there was a emphasis on what Memphis was doing, and the analogy that I heard over and over that day was when other people are zigging, we'll zag that kind of thing, and which indicates to me that to me that they're seriously considering the Jerkic lineup. See, there's there's kind of a. Uh... It's kind of a point in time where you get too cute, where you think, all right, if everybody's zigging, we'll zag, but, oh, shit, our zag didn't work, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. because everybody's zigged so far this way that this other way won't work. I mean, I would I would definitely still be interested in seeing those two play together. I'm not as gung-ho, and I think one reason why I'm not as gung-ho is, like, all right, got to have these two guys permanently there is because I'm kind of excited about what Wancho can do, and I'm kind of excited about – Gallinari and Wilson Chandler being able to play some minutes at the four, you know, like I, and I don't know if Wancho's going to play this year, how much he's going to play, but I, 
I just want to see more of what they have because there's so much young talent. It's like, ooh. But again, I, I guess if you go with Nurkic and Jokic, you could essentially play Moutier, Harris, and Murray as well. Yeah. Oh, it's really interesting, the lineups they can play now. If it's Malone was, like, insane. super creative with lineups, yeah. which I'm not totally sure that he is, he could have a field day with this team. There's so many different combinations that they could go with. There's so many – I mean, there's just there's a ton of options. I personally feel that Wancho's going to struggle. You can go ultra big. You can play Gallo, Chandler, uh, Wancho, Nurkic, and Jokic. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> Gallo with the point. I mean, Gallo's used to handling the ball. You know what I mean? Like, what gets stupid with it. Do you remember those lineups that George would put out there with uh, – George Carl would put out there with um, uh, JaVale McGee at center, um, Wilson Chandler, uh, Gallo, Andre Iguodala, and either Ty Lawson or Andre, Andre Miller? Yeah, those were their – That was a really lengthy lineup. My favorite was of his is still Fareed at center. Chandler, Gallo, Igadala, and Lawson. That was the that was the precursor to the death lineup. Ah, oh, love that lineup, man. They can switch everything and just kill. That was that was a great lineup. Yeah, that, that was a death com- lineup before the death lineup. George Carl's got to be pissed that everybody's been stealing his shit and he's getting zero credit. I'm I'm <laughs> relatively certain he is. <laughs> He's like, why is everybody getting credit for all these two-point guard lineups and all these athletic lineups? Like, I've been doing this since Seattle, son. I, I, I will tell you, and, and this is Probably absolutely true, people credit Mike D'Antoni when they should be crediting George Carl for the small ball revolution because he was the first, I think, he Even really Sam, was the first I mean, one. Sam Perkins was not a traditional center. No, he was not. He was a three-point shooting center. Yep. I mean, come on. He was on. a three-point shooting center. He, he always hung out on the perimeter. Yeah. Couldn't play defense to save his life. Everyone else in that lineup could play defense, and he couldn't. But it was it was small ball, George Carl, and he never gets credit for it. This portion of the podcast brought to you in part by George Carl. George Carl, <laughs> who's living back in Denver. So Oh, he loves it. You he see, said he wanted to retire here. Yes, if you see George in Denver, tell him hi. Tell them Colorado sports guy sent you. <laughs> I still, I still think that there is a, there's a window, maybe five to ten years down the road, where George Carl is an assistant coach with the Denver Nuggets. There'd have to be a lot of healing. Him and Josh would have to smoke a, a big peace pipe. Yes, there would. <laughs> there, they'd have there'd have to be a big tent too. That'd be awesome. <laughs> a big though, big teepee. I I, oh man, I can't see that. But it, it you know back to the back to the Nuggets. Yeah, sorry. What did you th- what, did, what did you think of uh, of did anything interesting come out of media day cuz I mean it's uh, to me oh. it's like you get these I'm watching Twitter and I'm seeing eight reporters all report the same fucking thing. Yes. Uh what was it? Uh Manu Mudiay says he is an alpha. Oh, okay, cool. He's an alpha. Like to me media day like if you can get one on one time with guys that's where like real stuff comes out if you come prepared with stuff if you come prepared with questions and you know it's not the same old shit that everybody else is asking and you're not doing these group things but were you able to get any one on one time with guys the players still hate doing media day <laughs> It's funny the, the guys were Players really, don't like doing media day. They don't like it but I I tell you what they were really relaxed this one um, notable exception being Kenneth Reed and um, Yusuf Nurkic, who didn't do interviews at all. Freed didn't do an interview? No. Nope. He was all smiles last year talking about how he's a leader. and he's, Was last year the gold medal year? No, year or before two years ago. Two years ago. But even last year, he was still pretty he was smiley. Still, and He was great last oh, year. Oh, last year he was ultra nice. It was like fake nice. He yes. was fake ultra nice trying to say that he was going to be super nice to media. And he kept smiling, and he kept asking media people to smile at him because isn't, isn't this really fun and this is a great time? Oh, yeah. It was – you could tell it was like pulling teeth. It's like, teeth Kenneth, we get it. You're we, pouring on the sarcasm real thick. Yeah. Um, Maybe shut up for a while. <laughs> no, he did not speak to the media at all. Uh, neither Perfect. Did, neither did Nurkic, and everyone else did. Even Nate Walters did. See, that's how you can determine that guys are like leaders. Your leaders yeah. are going to be there through the thick and thin. Yeah. And if you're not out there talking at media day, no matter how shitty it is, no matter how many repetitive questions, and here's what you kind of get out of media day a lot of times is, 
dropped this much weight, added this much muscle, worked on these parts of his game. He's going to be amazing, right? Like, yep. oh, man, this guy, he worked on his left hand. I remember Ty Lawson would always say, I worked on my left hand, I worked on my left hand, and then the season starts and you're like, bro, you're driving left and shooting with your right hand. How much did you work on your left hand? You know what I mean? So it's like, and that's the question that people ask. What did you work on this summer? I worked on putting the ball in the hole and hopefully it won't, not go in the hole as I, much. I, I did that. You know? to, I did that to one show, and I felt bad. I, I, mean, I, I, I was asked going. It. I asked it all the time. I was going to put it on the CSG video. I hey, CSG, what's happening today? But I didn't do it because the audio file, thank God, got corrupted. <laughs> you got but a lot of problems with these. Audio I do. Files. I do, and it happened twice. It, it, do uh, I did? I had a little interview. It's a really brief interview with with uh, um, Jokic. And uh, then with Wancho, which the Wancho one was good, but you couldn't really understand. What Who's got saying. better English, Wancho or Jokic? Uh, they're both Jokic. But Jokic. Wancho, impressive because Wancho's moves. a little more smooth, but he has a thicker accent. Yeah, um, I'm pretty impressed, man. I mean, when I took Spanish uh, throughout middle school, high school, and college, I still couldn't hold a conversation. So, I mean, and yeah. I was never immersed in it, and I've always heard that that's, like, the key, obviously, is being immersed in that language, so you kind of have to do it. But I've, I've been so impressed by, you know, we've talked about it before, Fournier. Yeah. You know, we, we see how him come along. Now you got Jokic. Oh, he came along. Nurkic. Big Nurkic time. came along big as well. And even Gallinari. Gallinari is, is, has this come is a long true. way from where he was as a rookie, you know? This is so. true. Well, you remember when he first got to Denver. When Gallo first got to Denver, he, he Mozgov wasn't great. Well, Mozgov, Mozgov. Remember we, used to, we did that interview with Mozgov, and we were using uh, Google Translate to try to like translate a few words here <laughs> and there. I remember, remember, uh, was it Maya Starks interviewing him at the, when they after they got traded? Yeah, and it was just he uncomfortable. Just like, hey, <laughs> yeah. Then so. became one of my favorite Nuggets, but. But was it, so was there anything good out of media day? I mean, um, was the, what was more interesting, the players or the press conference? Players, but the the press conference was good. Did anybody um, ask Malone about running more? <laughs> Get brought up. I don't think they didn't. Ha- it didn't happen this time. Hey, uh, are you going to run ever? Because <laughs> golly, I sure do like it when you run. But this time, actually, I asked I asked Josh um, if they're going to invest in a practice facility. Yes, we've we've heard Andy Feinstein has been on this podcast talking about how the yep. Nuggets own the land where Elitch's currently sits, yep. and how stupid it is to have an amusement park right in the center of your downtown area. Yes, why not create a huge practice facility slash L.A. Live type place, as Andy put it, where you have bars, restaurants, like really make it. Yes, I agree. That, that's that's the problem with where Pepsi Center has been since it was built. Is there's really What's around Pepsi Center? Bronze and Brooklyn's, right? And yeah. Bronze is gone. It's yep. an, I don't even know what it is. If it's even is it tailgates? Is it nothing now? It's nothing now. It's not and even. And Cronky owns that building. Yeah, they bought that and they took it over after it was Bronze. They made it their own place. I mean, but when you go to a Nuggets game, it's kind of a pain in the ass to get there if you're not at Brooklyn's. Yep. You know, if you had more options, if you had more bars and restaurants around Pepsi Center, if you really made it a place where you would get a walk-up audience. Like you can at Coors Field. Coors Field, I can name you ten bars. I mean, Lodos, View House, uh, Downtown Tavern, Cowboy Lounge, all these places. Gin Mill, they all look right at it. You know, you can choose all these places and go. Um, and, and that's what Pepsi Center needs. Is it needs more of a, a, a center around it? It needs more around it. I agree with that completely. And you know who they share a parking lot with? I'm not even with. a city planner. That's I know. You should be though. Could be. <laughs> um. They share a parking lot with, like, two different colleges. You see your area campus over there. You have, a, like, an LA Live area over there. You'd be able to just walk over to yeah. whatever establishment's over there by Pepsi Center. You would just get residual tickets that way. And I used to look a lot when I went to Metro. I would always look because I had this stupid class that lasted uh, till like, about 7. 7 p.m. So I'd always look for Nuggets tickets, and it was like if they had like a college rate, like, hey, bring your student ID and you can buy, you know, $15 tickets or something. I probably went to a ton of games. Yep. But it's it, it's one of those things, and, and, and I think, as, as Josh was saying, that they're looking into it. So what did he say? Yeah, He sorry. said they're going to do it. He said, that, he said that they are looking into it right now, kind of like with a D-League team. 
okay? Um, he told Matt Moore that they are definitely looking at getting a, a D-League team. And the, uh, nobody's excited about a D-League team from an ownership standpoint. No, because, because all it, it does loses is money. lose money. Yes. <laughs> it's like, oh, yeah, we're going to get one of those as soon as we can. Yes. It's, it's, uh, listen, it, with a D-League team, you might as well just burn the money that you're sending them. Yeah. It's just, it, it, it is what it is. No one goes to see D-League teams unless a, a star goes there. So where would you put this thing? Because... Obviously, with the Nuggets being at, at in Omaha at Creighton for their training camp, now there's this buzz about, well, they're using training camp to see if Omaha is a place where they want to put this team. Would you put the team in Omaha? You can get a plane from Omaha to Denver, I believe. It's about a 45-minute plane ride, right? And honestly, I took a plane once from Casper, Wyoming to Denver to go to Las Vegas, and it was you took off, and then you landed. It was awesome. It was like, wow, this was the best flight I've ever been on. So, I mean, seriously, if you put it in Casper, let's say they put it in Grand Junction. Can you fly from Grand Junction to Denver? Uh, the flight from Grand Junction to Denver is like uh, not even a half hour. But it's, there is a flight. Yeah. So you could do it. I mean, would you put it? Where would you put it? Would you put it in Omaha? Would you put it in Colorado Springs? Grand Junction? I think. I would consider Grand Junction only because they have a minor league baseball team, too. Yeah. And they, they, they go to every game. And Omaha has the College World Series. They have Creighton. I don't know if you're going to get that big of a draw with the D-League team in Omaha. Yeah. You have the Cornhuskers. You have the Cornhuskers. People are the, going to be yeah. – people in Omaha drive to Lincoln to watch games. I think uh, – I have family in Omaha. I think My whole Nor- family's from Omaha. I think northern Colorado would be, would be all right, maybe Fort Collins. Well, they tried – what was the old one, the 14ers? They 14ers, were at the that Broomfield, Broomfield Event Center. Yeah. Too close to Denver. It was too close, yeah. But Fort, maybe I think Fort Collins would be you know that's eighty miles away. You got CSU though. I, I mean they do, couldn't do it in the springs. It just no one's no one's going to drive to the springs. So, but the springs is big enough, I think, to support a team, even yeah, though you true. have the Air Force down there. That's true. You got a four hundred. We should ask Raj. There. Raj, would you drive? I mean, he drives that all the time. That's right. Yeah, that's true. He, he's no, also no, insane. Yeah. Uh, okay. Well, I think Raj Sharon from one hundred four three the fan. I'm sure he was at media day. No, he was not. I'm sure Raj was probably not at me today. Probably <laughs> they, too busy. They, they, I know Raj recently, Raj recently got a promotion with 104.3 The Fan. Huge congratulations to him. He's worked his ass off for a number of years. Yes. So he probably was Raj. actually working a real job. Like his, he was working his ass off that yes, day. He went, so he no, that when they, you're an executive producer like that, you, uh, you basically live at the race station. So. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I think... The two options are Grand Junction and Colorado Springs. And is Grand Junction even like, do you think that's even on their radar? Or is that I just doubt it. you brainstorming, right? That's me brainstorming. Now, yeah. I don't even think it's in, in consideration. I mean, Omaha is, it's a short plane ride, and I think that's part of the consideration there. It has to be, it, yeah. It's, it's not long. and But you're also not going to be sending, you know, charter flights from Omaha to Denver, unless, That's like, true. you know, Gallinari needed to go have a rehab assignment yeah. or something like yeah. baseball. But, again, you don't really do that at the NBA level. So, yeah, you just worry about a commercial flight, and you can get commercial flights from Omaha to Denver, no problem. And the easiest flight is anywhere going west to Denver. Yeah. So I, I think that is a – that's probably – if I was looking at it now, I think the signals are saying Omaha – is a likely destination if they were going to do a D-League team. Um, I, I don't know. It, 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 the most unimportant thing ever, a D-League I, team. I mean, listen, people people focus on D-League teams. Wancho could play 30 minutes a night for the Omaha Nuggets. The casual fan, the people who are not going to Nuggets games, don't give a rat's ass about the D-League team. But I also, People like us do. I thought it was very interesting, uh, dating back to when Jordan Hamilton was with the Nuggets. I he talked could have to used the daily team. well. I, I talked to Jordan extensively, and I talked to you know Melvin Hunt extensively about Jordan Hamilton and his experience with the team. And he really felt, uh, talking about Melvin Hunt, that Jordan benefited greatly from sitting on the actual bench watching games. Really, and he said Jordan was constantly asking questions about. And Jordan said this too, you know that. He would constantly try to pick the coach's brain about, okay, I see what he's doing. And, you know, if you're with a D-League team, what are you working on, really, honestly? Yeah. Like, you're scoring. You're not playing defense. You're just That's scoring true. the ball. Yeah. And if you're – Trying to get noticed, like Axel Tupan. Yeah. 
And if you're, you know, and it's going to be different, obviously. Like, if Wancho went there, sure, he's going to try to score. I mean, Quincy Miller and Jordan both had stints with the Iowa Energy. Yeah. They both went out there, played. Um, actually, I don't know if Jordan went with Iowa or if he was uh, with another affiliate they had. I can't remember. Well, but. as I remember, Quincy did really well out there with the Iowa Energy, right? Yeah. And, again, you know, did that translate? No. But sometimes it does for guys. I mean, guys need minutes. You want to work on your game, but... I also don't think we should discount the fact that sitting on an NBA bench has merit and has value. Yeah, you can you make know? a good point. And, and Melvin said that, you know, they would watch how we're doing coverages, and he's like, Jordan's constantly just, you know, in our ear asking questions, and, you know, that's how you can kind of tell that a guy's engaged and, and is wanting to learn and, and try to figure things out. So, you know, there's pros and cons to it. I think sending a guy there to play minutes, I mean, playing basketball is obviously important. But, you know, make no mistake, these guys practice every day. They work on their game every day. Like, nothing beats game experience, sure, but I'm not 100% sold that D-League game experience means all that much. You know, I am back and forth on that because I think some guys benefit from actually getting in-game. It's probably case-by-case case But I look right? at Axel Tupin, and I, I, I saw him at the end of last year. He was what – what was he doing – up in Toronto for that D-League team up there. The 99s or whatever they were yeah, called? Yeah, because he was, like, insane scoring. Like, he was the MVP, wasn't he? I don't know. I he can't just, No, he was the MVP of the All-Star game when he had there. Something like that. No, that was uh, Sean Kilpatrick. Oh, Sean Kilpatrick. Yeah. yeah well, but anyway, Sean Tupon uh, 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 did really good. And then he comes to the pros, and he's just another bench player. Right. So, I mean, what are we trying to accomplish with these D-League teams? And that's my, that's my question. Are we trying to put... None of the stars are going to go there. Well, yeah, the way it you is... Know. Yeah, and I think what you're saying, essentially, is the way it is now, it doesn't mean much, but if you actually developed it and did it the right way, it could look much different five years from now. And I don't want to discount what the D-League has done. I mean, Chris Anderson came out of the D-League. A yes, lot of guys have come out of the D-League and, you know, played very well in the NBA. Wasn't uh, Chris Henderson the first? The first, yeah. yeah. The first one. But, I mean, there there is value to it. Yeah. Um, again, it's just trying to assign. I don't I don't think it's the end-all, be-all if the Nuggets never get a D-League team. It's To me, it's like, yeah, whatever. I think they need a practice facility more than they need a D-League team. Totally agreed, yeah. You have a better practice facility, a place where guys can, you know, actually go and, you know, have, if you had three courts, you know, you're golden. And we saw it at the, uh, at the U.S. Olympic facility last year. I mean, the Nuggets practice facility is essentially one court. There's no real room out of bounds. So, I mean, yeah. it's, just a, it's just a court. It's just like a high school gym kind of, you know. And um, if they can figure out a better practice facility, I think that Josh Kroenke said exactly what I said about. They need a better the, weight room, too. Their weight room is tiny. Very small. Yeah. Um, it's funny. Uh, we were all standing out there uh, waiting for, I think it was Gallinari to come out. And uh, Arturis Karnasovas was in there using it. <laughs> and he's, like, lowering the blinds so we don't look at him and, like, looking underneath him. He's in him the weight room? room? Yeah. Oh, okay. And, but yeah. it was like, a, it, it struck me, like, you know, and, and he was in there bumping some biggie. I mean, I was like, no, Turis, I didn't know. <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't know you he liked it. He plays ball, bro. Yeah. He knows. <laughs> <laughs> and he's in there working out, but I'm thinking, man, if this was like in, say, Philly or Orlando, we wouldn't even know. It wouldn't. We wouldn't have any access to it. It, it there would be this massive facility somewhere else, right? You know. But but the, what they do is that they they just have this. I mean, when we people look at the the, the all the CSG videos I've done, which are 99 percent of them are at that practice gym it's a lot smaller than it looks on there it's a lot smaller and 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 i think did you go to the springs last year when i they did were down not there? i did not you were down there right it was yeah. it was so big that like and they still confided us to like certain space you know so it was like <laughs> some of the players were working on the other end of the court and it was like like mike miller was down there and i'm squinting like is that mike miller <laughs> kind of how it was you know so it's like if they have a bigger facility too like like you just pointed out i mean guys are gonna be able to have a little privacy and again if your weight room somewhere else because 
Yeah, we, you could see, like, when JaVale was injured, he would be in there on the elliptical, like, looking out or Chandler, whoever. And uh, I think it would just be – I think it would benefit the team. Everybody's kind of going to these giant complexes and, hey, it's the freaking NBA. You should have the best of the best for everything, right? I think so, too. And they, they got this I, – I told Josh in that question I asked him, I said, like, there's a massive influx of money right now into the NBA – uh, you need to be looking at. I mean, I didn't say this, but that way, but the Nuggets should be looking at catching up because they're getting boat raced right now by the rest of the NBA as far as practice facilities goes. I was thinking of the Pacers' practice facility, like yeah. how dope that is. Here's another question I got. Uh, okay. So Gary Harris. Yes. Um, I won't name the people that were talking about this, but it's people I know in the reporting world with the Nuggets. We're talking about Gary Harris looking a little thick. In some pictures. Like he put on a little too much muscle, too much weight. Did you see him in person? Yes, and he wasn't. <laughs> Looks totally it, normal, it, hey? That was, a, that was a trick of the photo right there. I think Gary Harris, is he's kind of built. He's got a very square head. Yeah. And he's got kind of wide shoulders. He's broad. Yeah, he's is, kind of a broad guy. He's kind of thick. I'm broad. Okay, my shoulders are, are massive. And... People who are built like that, I'm also overweight, but, I mean, people who are built like that are just going to look a certain way. Gary doesn't have massive shoulders like me, but he kind of has a thick physique. But he, he's, he's wide, kinda. He's a little he's, wide. He's thin. He's not, he's not you know. He looked the same overweight. as last year. But that picture that, <laughs> that you're referring to really made him look. There was a couple, yeah. Where, where there's some you people you look like you've been had, you know, that's your problem, fatty. <laughs> too much pie. That's, I mean, that's, that's, that's what I kept thinking. But. Um, Did you talk no, to my boy like, at uh, Media Day, Chandler? Uh, no, I didn't get it. I, oh. I, I, in fact, uh, it's funny. I was, uh, when Chandler came out, I was talking to Connolly. And Connolly and I had like a 15 minute discussion about nothing, literally about nothing. We were yeah. just BSing. And I looked at back, and Chandler was gone. And I'm like, oh, well. <laughs> yeah, Chandler likes to him. get in and out of Media Day, I think. Yeah, he's not. It, I did it, see he liked the uh, Denver Stiffs picture of you and Marez and Zach and Andrew. Well, he follows all of us on Twitter, he's including big, you. Uh, he's a big Denver Stiffs fan. Yes, he is. He loves the Stiffs. He, well, uh, I, I always, I'm still convinced that he likes the Stiffs because he thinks that you're still with us. I think he's a big, <laughs> uh, I think he's a big Marez fan now. Is he? And uh, yeah. I also remember he tweeted out last year that uh, Stiffs was like one of the only trusted local media outlets. Well, we don't. It's we, big. We try not to, and I and I and I. I hope this still remains for the time being that we try not to treat, you know, tweet out or um, print bullshit. But you know, it's there's so much of it out there. So I mean, hopefully he trusts us because of that. You know, and listen, I, I I've had Twitter I've had Twitter conversations with uh, with with old Will, and so have you. Well, well you're no no one compares to Nate here. Will loves Nate, but it's no, a, I, I I love Wilson. <laughs> I love that guy. It's a He's bond. Great. It's a great. <laughs> he probably he probably he he knows who I am, and obviously he'd have to put up with me when I just go talk to him in the locker rooms. Like, where's he gonna go? He but, will, he, but. It was funny, and uh, I saw him in Oakland when I went to the Golden State game, and I'm in the locker room, and I go over and talk to him after the game or maybe before the game, and he's like, what are you doing here? I'm like, what do you mean? He's like, he's like I didn't think you traveled. And I'm like, well, I traveled to this one. <laughs> <laughs> here now. I will never forget it. There was uh, This is a story from four years ago. Nate and I are in the locker room after a game, and Nate Robinson is just chirping away somewhere. I'll never forget this. Wilson and, and Nate Robinson would talk a lot, but Nate Robinson. Oh, Nate Robinson went to the shower, and and no one. Everyone there was like three people who tried to talk to Wilson. You had to Wilson. talk to Wilson before or after Nate Robinson was around. Yeah, no one and no one could get to him. Nate was the only person in that locker room that night was able to talk to Wilson. <laughs> he was the only thing, only one, because uh, God, Nate. God, I could tell you stories about Nate Robinson. I think a lot of people could tell you stories about Nate Robinson. But my uh, <laughs> one of my favorite things, and maybe I can kind of say this on air. Um, so I'm at that. I'm in the locker room in Golden State, and Mozgov, Quincy Miller, Chandler, and Nate Robinson start discussing some guy from somebody. I think it was I think it was Nate Robinson talking about a guy from his elementary school. 
they used to like choke people or something. Like he'd get in fights and try to put them in like sleeper holds or choke them out or something. And then they were asking if like choking a guy out was uh, considered winning a fight or not. (laughs) (laughs) They started kind of asking each other because I think at one point, I think Quincy had threatened to choke Mozgov jokingly had threatened to like choke him because Mozgov was messing with him because that's what Mozgov does. So they all started talking about if choking a guy out was winning a fight or not. And then, I believe Nate Robinson chimed in with uh, something about a guy he used to know back in the day that used to try to choke guys. <laughs> if that was winning a fight or not. And I think I walked away at some point after that. Like, I don't even know what these guys are talking about. Well, I mean, it, uh, this is like in the locker room. And I'm going to tell stories from like four years ago because I'm not, a lot of those players are gone. Uh, you know, the funny thing is that Mozzie was the guy that would – he was a funny guy, and he would be. It was very Russian, but he was very funny. And there were times that he would get really angry on the court. And, and Mozzie had a huge voice. It was really very deep voice, deep, huge <laughs> voice. And in that in that small gym, and he and this is four years ago. Uh, Darrell Arthur. He and Darrell Arthur were. Um, uh, Mozzie was working with they had, they had like this pad that they would use to to, to push um, the guy who was trying to post someone up, right? Yeah. And this is Brian Shaw, so there was probably a triangle concept they were working on, and something that definitely wouldn't work in the NBA. It wouldn't work now. So uh, he's pushing them, and they're they're laughing and all this stuff, and then Mozzie for some reason just goes a little too hard and just shoves <laughs> Darrell Arthur. Darrell Arthur doubles over and is injured. He was out for two weeks after that because of Mozgov. And Mozgov was just standing there. And he, I don't think he really understood what's going on. And I'm like, Mozzie, come here. He's like, and he had this vacant look. And Mozzie was a teddy bear. He just wouldn't hurt a fly. I just said, like, I think he's injured. <laughs> yeah, he's definitely hurt. He's bleeding. <laughs> Yeah, but anyway, that's a little inside story there. But so what is the uh, what's the Nuggets over under this year? Thirty four and a half. Yes, thirty four and a half. I I I have them at thirty nine. That's my that's my prediction. Yeah, I think it's uh, I think I think it's safer to say that the over under should be forty. Well, it would make more I mean, sense. Maybe they'll than... hit the under, but what did they win last year? Thirty three. Thirty three. With so it's no Vegas Gallinari, is, no Chandler, yeah. Well, no Gal- experience from Moutier or Jokic. Gallo was out the last no Nurkic 15 games. essentially. Yeah, Gallo only missed fifteen games last year. No, he was out the last fifteen games. He missed like uh, three weeks in the middle of the season. Yeah, and, and Moutier missed a month. Yes, you know. So I mean, I, it, it's it's very hard for me to see them not eclipsing the total from last year and not pushing for close to 500. I know Chandler tweeted out something about either 500 or a game above 500 or something when somebody well, had made a prediction to him. Well, it's interesting because I, I, I call over-under Vegas clickbait. They usually they sometimes will set a, 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 a ridiculous line in order for the money to come in on that, that team. And it just looked to me, like just based on it, that the Nuggets seem to be that team. Because there's no way a team that won 33 games with all the injuries the Nuggets had last year. Injuries and non-experience. Yeah, would, would get a one-and-a-half wins more than they had the, the previous season. Yes, yeah, That never made any sense. And the schedule last year sucked. Well, it sucks this year, too. Really? They yeah. play seven of their first nine on the road. Oh, sweet. <laughs> <laughs> Great. Grand. Wonderful. <laughs> Yeah, it'll be tough. It'll be a little bit tough. Well, all right. I don't know. I don't know if we have any other Nuggets. But there's no tonight. there's no eight game and seven game homestands this year. So, yeah, and those were killer at the end of the last year too. Um, but have. the Nuggets had a lot of fifty fifty games last year. You know, where it was yeah. fourth quarter games, where it was you know up and down. And they're going to have that this year. There's not going to be you know teams like Golden State aren't going to you know worry too much about the Nuggets still. You yeah. know. They're going to come in here waltzing around, so maybe you steal some games here and there. The Thunder are weaker. You know, the Rockets are a uh, What do you think of the Thunder? 
I mean, they got Oladipo and six, uh, seven, eight seed. Oladipo know? and who, who, who else they get in that trade? Um, Ilya um, no, Soba. The, no, uh, it's a bonus. Paul Klee's guy. It's a bonus, yeah. yeah. I mean, I don't know. I think the Thunder are going to struggle. They're going to struggle big time. Um, I don't really know who else is out there in the West. We'll, we can talk that about that stuff later on. Yeah, we'll talk. We'll, we'll we'll have we'll try to have a preview here with a couple of uh, prominent local writers, and yeah. uh, we'll uh, we'll get we'll get more in depth than we have tonight. Tonight was more about media day and you know BSing. Um, yeah, let's talk a little TV movies. Yeah, but I was gonna say, what have you been watching? Because I haven't actually, I haven't actually seen Nate for about a month. So yeah, we'll we'll get into that. I want to remind you guys, we're down here at Jake's Sports and Spirits, thirty eight hundred Walnut Street. These guys got specials going every single day of the week. Happy hours, TVs up the wazoo, all over the place. Giant patio. Take advantage before the winter gets here. But come on down, Jake's Sports and Spirits, thirty eight hundred Walnut Street. Hey, if you come on Tuesdays or Wednesdays, we might even be here. Yes, you and you can have two-for-one drinks. Yeah, perfect. Uh, but, yeah, TV movies. What, what am I watching for TV right now? See, because, you know, I, I look at you. And, by, by the way, Nate, Nate's, Nate's looking looking good. He's dropped some weight. So, yeah, I, other than working out, what are you guys doing? Manorexic. Manorexic. Yeah, I've been losing some weight for sure. Uh, about 30 pounds, actually. Jeez. It's, uh, See, we did, because Nurkic, with, those are Nurkic numbers. That's what I was gonna say because you know, with <laughs> that kind of thing, you wouldn't think you have any other time but to lose weight. I mean, you wouldn't have any time to like, like you know, watch anything. I yeah, I mean, shit, I'm still lazy as you shit. You finally I'll see Stranger Things? I did watch Stranger Things. Um, I'd give it if it was a five stars. I'd give it like three and a half. Wasn't your thing, huh? I liked it. I thought it was good. It was interesting, but I, I kind of felt like it got, I felt like it got a little too weird. And a little too kiddish. It was almost a show where if I had kids, which I don't have kids, I would be like, yeah, you can watch this. No problem. But it was kind of like, I, I thought the first half of the show, I thought it was scarier than the last half of the show. Yeah. yeah what, what about when they go to that other world thing? And Yeah, I like that. I thought it was cool. I just still, I, I never felt what like. They call that the upside down. Yeah. Yeah, the upside down place. I never felt like that the main characters, and that's kind of my my thing with shows is, and the reason I, I really like watching like The Walking Dead and I guess Fear of the Walking Dead, although they haven't done it in that show really, is uh, they and even Game of Thrones they kill off big time characters. Like yeah. you never feel like anyone is safe. And on Stranger Things, I felt like there was a a group of people that were going to be totally safe no matter what happened. My dad calls the killing off of main characters uh, emotional manipulation. Yeah, yeah. I want, yeah, mess with my emotion. But I thought it was good. I liked it. I liked it for sure. I thought it was interesting. Um, is that a one-time thing, or is that going to be season no, two? No, it's going to be season two. And is, is it going to be, like, the same characters and stuff? Yep. I don't, man, I almost gave away a huge spoiler. I can't do that, but yeah, I hope that uh, we'll, we'll talk about that after the podcast. I hope some characters come back that you know, yeah, that you're worried about one that yeah. Because I uh, guess yeah, I, I guess essentially maybe they yeah. I what, don't know. What else have you been watching? Uh, I I watch a really horrible show called uh, Married at First Sight. Married at First Sight. I haven't heard. It's not. a horrible reality. Is that on show. Netflix? No, it's on. Uh, I don't even know what channel it's on. Oh, it's a, it's, oh, it's a reality it's a, show. It's a reality show. It's terrible. <laughs> but it's it's literally strangers that meet each other on the altar of their wedding. And they get what? married, and they have to stay married for six weeks and then decide if they want to get a divorce or stay married. That's a horrible concept for a show. It's a Whoever came up with that needs to, like, rot in hell. It is very fun. But there's there's <laughs> so there's three couples every season. And this season, there's a guy that myself and everyone I know that watches the show, um, we've all determined, we've, we've been asking ourselves, this guy that married this girl, we're like, and I don't know, but I think that there's a gay guy that okay. has married a girl, but he's not willing to admit that he's gay. <laughs> I mean, he's, 
there's it's just like it's like dude what is going on with this guy like oh my he's, god really or either that or he <laughs> i don't know there's it's very strange you one almost of, have to watch of, one of those people eh? i think so you know what you, it reminds me but of even girls i talk to that watch the show go oh yeah and then then there's that that gay guy that's with that girl and i'm like that's what i think he is too totally I, gay it's really you weird. have to watch that what is it called married at first sight married at first okay sight. i'm gonna have to watch that because i, I love trash like that it is that's trash total trash it's it's kind of done nice because there's like therapists and stuff that try to match these people up and this and that and they they have there's a science behind it but essentially it's just kind of a mess what i'm gonna have to do is it's not like real housewives you know what i (laughs) it's funny what you remind me of is like about three four three years ago i was in vegas and uh me and a couple about three friends of mine were just standing at the, the the planet hollywood um mall area yeah and uh I was probably I would my my guess would be as I was fairly fairly inebriated. Oh yeah. And um, a guy comes up to us says, "You guys want to make a little money?" And I said, "Like I'm not hooking, you know, at least not tonight." Guys want to make a little money? What do I got to do? <laughs> and he said, "No, no, no. It's like we we don't want you to watch this program and be be like a you know one of these people that decides whether this program um, stays or goes." Oh, and I looked at my. The three friends of mine, they said, well, what are you going to do? Said, well, you get $10 for this for an hour. And I'm like, $10? Well, it's okay. It was all right. It's like high school money, $10 an hour. You know, and, and you're in Vegas. You don't expect to, well, unless you win, you don't expect money. So uh, we go up to this thing. We watch this program. It was called, <laughs> this is the actual title, Hitched by a Bitch. <laughs> <laughs> what? It's about this wedding planner. On a Caribbean island, who's who's a total bitch? It's uh, literally that is the premise of the show. She's just a jerk wedding planner. Yeah, and everybody so has to work it, with it her. It was basically like Gordon Ramsay, if they were, if he was a. Uh, um, I told you to put the place settings in the center of the beep yeah. and table. <laughs> so <laughs> we watched this thing, and I, I'm like, I can't recommend this thing. And I, I've I looked for it online, and apparently they took our rever- they took our recommendation, and they did not uh, air this thing. So <laughs> yeah, horrible. Never would have worked. Hitched by a bitch is what it was called. <laughs> what have you a, been watching? Have you seen anything good? Um, boy, I'm trying to think here. Uh, I watched. Uh, I don't think I've been to the movies since. Uh, I saw something after Ghostbusters, but I can't remember what it was. I definitely went and saw something. Oh, I saw a Sausage Party, that cartoon. With, by Seth Rogen oh, about yeah, the yeah. food. How was that? It was incredibly dirty but funny. It's an adult cartoon. It was oh, good. Really? I liked it. Interesting. I, I never I, saw I didn't see uh, Suicide Squad, though. That was one I meant to see at I some point. I got that so... That, Did you the, watch the it? The reviews of that thing got horrible. I know. Everybody I talked to said it was like not enough action, not enough anything. Because I've been watching Gotham. Have you seen Gotham? No, but I've heard good things. I think SD Cat loves Gotham on Denver Stiffs. Shout out SD Cat. It's a good show. <laughs> you like it? Yes. Uh, I, I, it's I was got debating two seasons on Netflix. Because, yeah, it goes into like all these backstories about stuff, right? Yeah, and it's, it's really well done. Very violent, but it's really well done. This guy um, today was asking me at work if I knew that like the Joker's girl or something, like had voluntarily jumped into the same vat of stuff that he did to, like, get kind of messed up, like it was a rite of passage or something. And he's like, it's from, like, the comics, you know? And I'm like, I have no idea what you're no, talking I, about. I, I, I'm, not, I'm not one of those guys who reads comics. You have a Batman shirt. I have many Batman shirts. <laughs> supposed to know about Batman. <laughs> I know. Um, I also saw on, on Amazon there's this uh, show, an Australian show called The Kettering Incident. It's really good. Kettering Incident? Is yeah, it in English? It's yeah, it's a, it's Damn Australian. it. Is everything on Amazon from Britain? No, no. <laughs> that's just what I watch. Um, <laughs> is Amazon British? No. Uh, well, it is. But it's like it's like everywhere. But um, no, it's Australian, okay. and it is really good. It's t- set in Tasmania, and it's it's kind of a bizarre show. But it's about this incident that happened and the bizarre facts around it. And it's about eight episodes. It is really. Really well done. Really, really. I mean, it's it's kind of slow, but it's really well done. I know what I've been watching is uh, on FX or FXX. I don't know which one. One or the other. Atlanta with uh, oh yeah, Donald Glover. 
Yeah, how was that? I haven't seen AKA it. AKA Childish Gambino from yeah. the rap game. It's really good. It's about uh, just essentially two guys, uh, Glover and his cousin, and his cousin goes by the rapper name of Paperboy. He's also a drug dealer, just kind of a regular dude in Atlanta yeah. that's trying to make it as a rapper. He puts out one song, and it goes like viral on YouTube. It's huge. So everybody's – and they're playing on the radio now, and uh, Glover's kind of a – he went to like a nice school, but I think he got kicked out of Yale or Harvard, one of those, like an Ivy League school. And he's trying to manage his cousin, but his cousin doesn't totally trust him, and they're trying to like – you know, he's trying to become a rapper, so – it's good though so far. I like it. Yeah. It's I heard good things about that. There's another one. Was it? Um, I started watching some other show on Netflix about music and it sucked. Um, about early rap. Yeah. Uh, what was it called? Uh, oh, it's horrible. God dang. Did you watch it though? It's like yeah, I watched first 70s couple of stuff. Yeah, it's it's late seventies. Um, it's with uh, what's his nuts is in it. Um, that tall the Hispanic dude, the big yeah. guy. He's a total jerk. He's in everything. What was he? He used to be in all sorts of shows. <laughs> he was in Sons of Anarchy. I gotta look him up. I think. <laughs> this is quality podcasting right here. I'm gonna do. Uh, a series, Sons of Anarchy. Uh, Jimmy Smith. Jimmy Smith from yeah from uh, NYPD Blue. And, yeah, and, NYPD Blue and the West Wing. What is that show? Is it any good? I watched one episode and I think I turned it off during the first episode and I hated it. It kind of felt like a stupid musical. Two, I only watched two episodes. Did it suck? Yeah. It sucked, didn't it? Yeah. Yeah, it sucked. I mean, unless you unless you like the format, what the the roots of rap music are, you know. Those weren't the roots of rap music. That's garbage, is what that show is. <laughs> Straight garbage. Straight. Garbage. That's not how that couldn't be how rap was invented. Probably was, but I like, refuse to believe it. Was it the Sugar Hill Gang was like uh, late seventies? You know? Yeah, they were kind of goofy like that. Yeah, true. Whatever. Is there any good movies coming out? Oh man, I don't know. Uh, I, I don't. I, I'm see, off my movie game. I, I, at the I moment. never go to movies anymore. I know. I I always want to see stuff, and then I'm like, well, dude, if you wait a month, it'll be on Redbox. So then I just try to wait, and then I'm like, it's on Redbox. I'd have to drive to the store and pay $1.50. Or if I wait another month, it'll probably be on HBO or Stars, and I can watch it for free. I'll just hang out and wait. <laughs> I did watch the second season of From Dust Till Dawn. Oh, yeah, I bowed out on that after, like, two uh, or three episodes, I think. Maybe one The episode. first season was was the movie, and the second season is ridiculous. <laughs> That's how I started watching The Strain on <laughs> FX. And it was like, it started out cool for like three episodes, and it was like, okay, this is ridiculous. Uh, some shows do that. Yeah. They're like, they hook you, and then they just go straight into Shitsville. Yeah. I, I don't understand it. I, I, I've been watching a couple of others, uh, but... I'm, I'm not too sure about... Sarah Jessica Parker has a new show on HBO coming out called Divorce. And she is the woman that obviously gets divorced, and then the husband is... The guy that used to be on Wings and was also in Sideways. Oh, Thomas Hayden Church. Yeah, he's got that kind of funny voice. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. So he's—I don't know—and I'm like, is this going to be any good? Like, it looks interesting, but it looks like she annoys the piss out of him all the time, or something. It's that horse face. Can't tell. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's like get out of here. A bit, a bit. I bet you she annoys uh, Matthew Broderick too. <laughs> <laughs> Are they still married? I think so. Oh, what a mistake. <laughs> okay. Crazy. All right. All right, man. Well, that's about all I got. Yeah, so. that's all I got. All right. Well, hey, CSG Podcast, we're here. We're getting out of here. We'll see you guys next week. Bye.